Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah. It's time for What Mark Heard on Saturday Suckage with Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. Indeed. Good thing we have Mark Grody. He's here. He is here with our near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard. And the week that the Bears and Packers play for sole possession of first place in the division, this is a good week to have what Mark heard hearing stuff, right? That's right, and I I was entrenched at Hallis Hall like I am during the Bears season, and we talked about it a little bit earlier on the show today, and that's going to be the important assignment of Jalen Johnson and covering Devontae Adams. Here's what Johnson sounded like in that regard earlier this week. Why is uh, Devontae Adams so hard to cover? Well, I don't know. We're going to find out. <laughs> but what is the challenge of? going up against a receiver like that? I mean, he has good releases, good routes, good hands. I mean, he's one of the top receivers in the league. So, I mean, it's really just about kind of finding out the technique to be able to play against him because, I mean, it's everybody kind of plays the same way against him and everybody has the same result. So, I mean, it's really about finding a switch up, finding his not even his weaknesses, but what works best against him. So, I mean, I mean we're going to see. Do you want to follow him all the time? I want to follow the best receiver every game. So, I mean, he's the best receiver. So, I mean, of course, I'm looking forward to that matchup, and we'll see what happens. Steve, Jalen Johnson has that thing, that that let line between cockiness and confidence, which I think that, you know, top cornerbacks have to have. And his play on the field has backed it up so far this year as well. Yeah, he's got it, a, sort of a closer's memory, short term, right? <clears throat> Be done with it, get on next, and, and talk the – and, and talk that way. We've heard cornerbacks talk that way. And I, I, I'm with you on that. I wasn't particularly thrilled with, <laughs> with the early part of that answer, but I like the idea with I want the guy who's the best. That's who I want to play. That's how I'm going to measure myself. And that's how the Bears have to measure him as well. It, it just, <clears throat> what I wouldn't, if I knew what made Devontae Adams so good, if I was a Bears cornerback and I thought I found something, if Mike Pettin, found something I wouldn't say it either I'd play stupid I'd just say hey, I don't know what makes him so good we'll just have to try to stop him we'll just we'll, we'll do that whole thing but but I would I would like to think we're going to see something that the Bears have discovered Mike Pedden wasn't brought in here just to bloat the payroll right he wasn't brought in just to hold Sean Desai's hands he was brought in because the team they're playing this week and will play later in the season is the one they have to beat. 
finally and often. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's get to that right now because okay. the, the Bears defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, was asked about the former Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin, who is now a Bears assistant. Here it is. Just like I've told you all the previous weeks, you know, uh, all of our coaches help and assist with ideas uh, and how we want to create the plan. And so he's got uh, other information that, but he still presents and, and those ideas. And if we see it fit into our plan, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here on defense. Uh, you know, we, we play a certain brand of defense and we play a certain style of defense, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, and then we've got to adjust certain things based on how we fit, see things fit into our defense. Uh, and our players, you know, I mean, the most important thing is our players being able to execute what we want them to execute. Blobbity, blobbity, blah, blah, blah. Come on, Sean. Mike Pettin is definitely playing a bigger role than that. I understand his need to. He disguises defense, does Sean Desai, and he disguises Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin has got to be playing a huge role this week. Of course he is for the offense and for the defense. Like He'll he'll tell Matt Nagy what plays don't work against that Green Bay defense. He'll tell Sean Desai what they should do to potentially rattle Aaron Jones. So enough with that we're not inventing the wheel and everybody helps everybody. Mike Pettin's going to play a big role in this game. Of course he will. Uh, I would expect him to. I would, I would think, it, and we, would, we won't hear about it, but I would expect it. I would expect him to, unless a player blurts out something that he knows. I don't know what, he, what, what the players are going to say. The access isn't as great as it used to be, but I just think the, that that has to be critical. When you look at that, if Aaron Rodgers throws such a huge percentage of passes to Devontae Adams. When you look at Adams has, by himself, more catches, yards, and TDs than all of the Bears receivers combined, then Mike Pettin needs to know something. That's that's why he was brought in. He yeah. might be smart in other other parts of the defense, but that, that, that guy, if, if you're not going to stop Rodgers, stop his favorite target and make him find someone else. Yeah, and he said earlier this year, I can't remember if it was – it was. It had to have been a preseason. Matt Nagy was asked about Mike Pettin, and he gave a really good answer. I mean, he said, "Yeah, he, he's going to help." And he he said, "You know, Nagy admitted that Pettin has told him things that in the past that Matt Nagy did that didn't work against the Green Bay defense." So Pettin should probably be this week. Probably has. I hope gone from position group to position group, like poked his head into every single meeting out at Bears headquarters and said, here's what you should watch out for. Here's what you should watch out for. So that's a huge resource for the Bears. Will any of it work? Who knows? Maybe not. But to, you know, to downplay that, I think, is a little bit ridiculous. I, I admit this may come up later on in what Mark heard, I, and I'm not – because I don't know, I don't mean to preempt it, but the idea of Bill Lazor calling plays is is something that that Mike Pettin would be less familiar with in in defending and and while he might know the Bears personnel, it was used different, and that is another. Remember last year when the offensive line started looking like an offensive line? Yes, because the the Bears. They were injured down to just, you know, five guys they could suit up. That was pretty much it. Rashad Coward was it. starting on your offensive line. 
And that's when they began to look their best and most consistent. And Bill Lazor was calling plays. But they, those guys were always on the roster. They were just not in those positions. And whatever you want to talk about coaching or personnel evaluation, that's one thing. But that was an example to me of injuries forced them to hit bottom and find an offensive line. Matt Nagy's failures forced them to hit bottom with play calling and go back to the guy who Justin Field says, he's just calm. He's just that guy. He's calm in my headset. And and there's it's undeniable that Matt Nagy isn't, and, and you could tell why he's excited, but there's there's something there about the Bears. They sh- I'm glad they arrived at the a better play caller, but does do they always have to hit bottom? Does this team always have to hit bottom before it makes a, a change? And I, I the, those are the two parallels I will draw: the offensive line from last year and Matt Nagy's turning over play calling or being told to turn over play calling and being told, I believe to make Justin Fields number one, no matter the shape of whatever whatever shape Andy Dalton's knee is. I just wish it wasn't so much, oh, we got to hit bottom to do this. But I guess if you hit bottom and you come up with a chance to beat the Packers and take over first place in the division um, this unexpectedly early, I, I guess that's a good thing. Well, I just the, wish, it, I'm just frustrated by that. Yeah, no, and the bottoming out this year was – the Cleveland game, you know, with the, the nine sacks yeah. against the Bears. And the, again, it, it wasn't just play calling. It was, again, a reassessment, re, not reconfiguring, but a change in the way the Bears blocked on the offensive line. As in, if you come into the game on offense, there's a really good chance that you're going to be used as a blocker. Allen Robinson, you thought you were a receiver in your contract year. No, sir. We're going to need you to go ahead and block. Cole Komet leading the way on the block into the end zone and just you know having a big party on the sideline because he made a big block, which was great. Um, you know, We're going to hopefully see Khalil Herbert make blocks tomorrow so uh, hey Alex Bars come on in we're gonna line you up as a tight end we're gonna put you in motion but we're gonna need you to go ahead and block so there again for the second year in a row they didn't change personnel this year along the offensive line no reconfiguration but a definitely a change in the way the Bears offensive line blocks and it, it appears to, to their credit that for the second year in a row and credit has to be given to Juan Castillo that they have figured something out on the offensive line. So so that's that. Well, they will be missing Jermaine Effetti, right? Jermaine Effetti will be out. So um, now I'm having a mental block on uh, – oh, Elijah, Elijah Wilkinson. Wilkinson. Elijah Wilkinson will be in. Yeah. And, you know, he looked all right last week, and he seems to be ready, and right tackle is Elijah Wilkinson's – most comfortable spot always has been. So I, I I think with the extra protection that the Bears are using in the offensive line, they will be fine against uh, Green Bay tomorrow. On to, on to Justin Fields. And Ooh. one of the things, and I don't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but what, no, we didn't because the game was on Sunday. Justin Fields doesn't look great as a runner yet, which surprises me a little bit because that was the part that I thought, okay, he's going to be fine at that. And he, he still is not protecting himself enough when he runs the football, whether it's design play or his own improv. But here's Justin Fields on that idea of protecting himself and being a part of the offense in that way. 
as you take more of these hits, do you feel like you have to change anything about maybe running style, the way you run, when you go down, things like that? Um, I mean, in certain situations, yeah, of course. I mean, first and second down, there's no need to take a hit. Third down, you know, if it's a big game, if it's a big situation, of course you're going to, you know, sometimes have to put your body out on the line and get the first down. So it just varies from, you know, different uh, situation. You know, just staying aggressive as a runner after you've taken a, a couple shots that, that leave you with a little bit of discomfort. So what's the challenge of staying aggressive as a runner? Yeah, making sure that that doesn't make you hesitant. Putting your priorities first, putting the team before you. It's, it's that simple. If your team needs a big conversion on a big third down, then, you know, you're going to do what you have to do to get it done. But, um, I mean, if not, if it's first, second down, like I said before, you can get down and protect yourself a little bit. Get better at it. And he, he's not there yet in terms of protecting himself. Or, and he hasn't been as elusive as I thought he would be so far this season. I'm not, like, worried that won't improve. But I'm here to tell you that that needs to improve. Yeah, it needs to improve. And and has that? Do you think that they've seen his refusal, inability, his lack of survival instinct, and willingness to be a full-on football player as a reason they would not call these mm. kinds of designed runs? They just don't want him to run right into an injury. Well, I. You know, the, the one play last week was the, what, third and five play where it was a quarterback draw against the Raiders, and he pulled up about two yards shy. I think that's where he turned his back to the defender and took a pretty decent hit. That was a play that I was surprised that Justin Fields did not make a move to, like, instead of being elusive, he went right at the guy. Like, what you want to see, like, your tight ends do is what uh, Justin Fields did. To answer your question, yeah, I think they're going to be a, a little bit more conservative and in, in run. They're not going to not call those plays, but they're going to be more conservative with them. And I think it it's not because they're – afraid that he hasn't improved in a week of practice and looking at tape and understanding that he has to protect himself. But I don't know that he is 100% in terms of the the knee and the ribs. So I think that because of that, they will be more conservative. They won't delete it from the game plan, but they will be more conservative with Yeah, I think you got to show it to them. You got you to make the Packers think about it. You got to make them change their defense. You got to just a second hesitation might be all he needs, might be all the Bears need to 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 get a guy open, to have Justin Fields see the receiver break free, and, and, and that's the difference. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I'm again, I, I don't think that that's going to be a chronic issue, like that kind of thing. I and mean, we saw him do it at Ohio State, too. And, and this, yeah. is, this is where, whether Justin Fields wants to admit it or not, that you know, speed of the game and the skill level, I should say, of NFL players, a lot different despite the heavy, heavy-duty competition that existed in the Big Ten and for Ohio State overall. Um, I think we got time for one more before we go to a break. And I want to bring you... Sean Desai, one more time. Everybody was asked about Aaron Rodgers, and you and I talked about it earlier on the show, Steve. The Sean Desai versus Aaron Rodgers, big brain against big brain. Let's hear what Desai (laughs) says about the great Aaron Rodgers. He's got a lot of years. Uh, He's seen a lot. Uh, He's super bright, and he's super talented. So uh, all of that are a good, uh, good formula for a good quarterback in this league. Uh, and so he does it all, and he's seen it all. And so uh, that, I think that's what really makes him really good. Check out the big brain on Sean. <laughs> I feel like we should have Jules Winfield here. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it's an anniversary of the uh, release of 
Pulp Fiction. Is it really? It's 18 years. I gotta I know. So. I gotta I know what a five dollar shake tastes like. Yeah. <clears throat> Check out the big brain on Sean. Aaron yeah. Rodgers has seen everything and he's beaten everything. Well, yeah. at least as far as the Bears are concerned. That's about the extent of it. Yeah. So, no, yeah. it'll be fun, man. Yeah. He's obviously holding everything close to the vest. The guy's been in the Bears organization for what, nine years or so? So he has, he has seen it all. It's just that this is his first time where he will be responsible for putting his players in position to hopefully make plays and be careful how much heat you bring him in terms of an extra blitzer or attacker because Aaron Rodgers has made the Bears pay time after time after time when they do such things. Yeah, but but last year was that's the that's the issue with last year and the, and the last time they when they played him at the end of the season. Chuck Pagano had them in position to make plays and Eddie Jackson and Kendall Vildor and Barkevius Mingo just dropped picks. Aaron Rodgers was was going all Jay Cutler. They were in position. Whatever happened last year, whatever they did last year, whatever they made Aaron Rodgers see, think he saw, made him made whatever they caused him to do, they were in position to make plays and turn it and 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 change change the whole narrative. And they didn't. So I, I guess you can't. You need to be in position to, to actually make the interception. But the the fact that they were there, there was much about the game plan that worked. If you had Rodgers committing those errors and they didn't take advantage of it. So what you're saying is they're getting closer. <laughs> Not there yet. They're getting. Maybe they need to. Maybe the. Maybe it's Chuck Pagano they need to bring in then for this special yeah. for this game guest starring Chuck Pagano and Mike Petton side by side with Sean Desai up in the in the skybox or in the press box I should say covering this Bears game or advising. Well, he's got Bears the whole game. game plan from last year, right? Yeah. 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 Why not? Okay, October 14th, 1994. So that's when it was released. I can't do the math. <clears throat> Todd and Antioch texted me that Pulp Fiction came out like 25 years ago. Whatever it was. Not came 18 years ago. Tell, hey, tell, that, tell ago. that person that he's wrong again. Yeah. That okay. person. Well, there we go. Still, check out the big brain on Sean. That's where we are. Uh, is there more? To what Mark heard as we uh, on the verge of a break. Uh, you know what? That's win. it. That's it. That's all I got for this week. Okay. So we better have something Excellent. good when we come back because I'm I'm out of cuts for now. We can I can come up with more, I'm sure. But I think no, that... no, no. That's that's fine. I just did not want to um, circumcise it, or we can come back to it. I wanted to. There's a whole lot of calling BS on things that happened that's this week right. that I would like us that I would like us to talk about. And uh, it's also an anniversary of 15 years ago. Now we're going to bring that back. Pulp Fiction. It's pulp. No, no, it's not 15 years ago oh. for Pulp Fiction. Oh. We checked out the oh, yeah. the big brain on on Sean, but yeah. it's another anniversary, and it's it's certainly worth revisiting. We will do that, and we'll call some BS on what happened this week. And that's the way Saturday Suckage is going to go. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody with you, Saturday Suckage. Taking you up till 2 o'clock. 
I believe Rami Makhlouf will follow us, right? Isn't he next? Caesar? Somebody? somebody yeah, have a I think uh, Rami Makhlouf. Uh, let's be correct here. Makhlouf. Yeah. I'm sorry. Spelled Loof, I think, right. but uh, he is a Rami Makhlouf. That's awesome. Okay, right. we're going full. Wait a minute. Our breaking phone call sounder. So... We go to the score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. We have a we call it the listener line because we have one listener and apparently he called. So what have you brought us, Cesar Perez? What's we his have first a name? Special guest on the line. Uh, let him start talking here. <clears throat> Hello. Hello, special guest. Hello. Hello. Hello, who's this? Uh, Who do you think it is? It's not you, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Les Gromstein joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Grover, what are you doing today? Has it really been that long since uh, uh, the Bears are who we thought they were occurred? 15 years. It has been. It has been 15 years. Today's the day, tonight's that we were going to play that, but we had a breaking phone call. Well, Denny Green never really, I never heard of him explode when he was at Northwestern, when he went to uh, Stanford, uh, he was with the Vikings, whatever, was the head coach of the Cardinals. And the uh, Cardinals outplayed the Bears in what was then a brand new stadium in Glendale, Arizona. There have been a couple Super Bowl splitters since that time. That night, the Bears' offense stunk. Rex Grossman, and the Bears were unbeaten, by the way, going into that game. Grossman had a terrible game. The rest of the offense was bad. Mike Brown, who was terrific, he suffered a season-ending injury, and when they got to the Super Bowl, they missed him. Tommy Harris would later get hurt and be out for the Super Bowl as well. But the bottom line is Mike Brown Brown scored a touchdown. They had a special teams TD, and the most important special teams TD came late in the game. looked like they were going to have field position, but instead Devin Hester took it all the way scored one of his numerous PGs, and it kicked off Denny Green. He went ballistic on the sideline. And then Neil Rackers, Illini fans will remember him as the fighting Illini kicker, and he had a very makeable kick that could have put the Cardinals up with less than a minute to go. He was wide to the left. The Bears then kneeled down into the game, and afterward it took a while for Denny Green to come out. When he did, he went absolutely ballistic. And he came out screaming, the Bears are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook, et cetera. And then eventually he said, anybody else? And he took the lavalier mic off his head, off his neck and slammed it on the counter, and he bolted out of the interview room. Les, we want to play that, and we want you to stay on. So would you listen to it with us? Sure. Okay. Go ahead, Caesar. Four picks against Grossman and two fumbles. What did you see about the Bears? Uh, we shut them down that way. No, we. You know, I mean, we we just uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like us? We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> See, you hear the rant, Les. But the thanks, Coach, is really the, that's, that's the chef's kiss right there. 
Thanks, Coach. That was one of the PR people from the Cardinals that said that. Because they, 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 oh, the was it? PR people, they, they didn't want any more questions right. to be asked at that <laughs> Thanks, point. Thanks, Coach. They, wanted space. <laughs> they, they do what a lot of PR people do in the NFL, in Major League Baseball, whatever. Thanks, Coach. And they just interrupt even if there's other questions that could be asked at that point. And I'm, I'll never forget, we were riding ourselves back to Sky Harbor Airport. And uh, we still couldn't believe what we'd seen because we had never, ever, those of us that had covered Denny Green in Chicago and in Evanston with Northwestern, he's never exploded like that, ever. He did that day. Yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. Grabber, let's get on to a couple of other things. We were we were trying to figure this out now the, earlier on the show about the whole Kraken thing. So what did, did you ever figure out what the Kraken are? What is the, what it, the name means? Or because I still don't know. We've heard several different explanations what it is. Um, obviously, it is the nickname of the new Seattle hockey team, right? Seattle Kraken, and they. A lot of people think it is a cheese. A lot of other people think it's a vegetable. There's different oh explanations about it. A cheese? Who said it was That's, a cheese? It's, it's a mythical sea monster, more like a cephalopod. It's a giant squid that is believed to be patrolling the, the shores of the waters of off Norway and Greenland. Yeah, and Puget, That's Puget what it Sound, is. which is near Seattle. But uh, the, the fact is, uh, the sea monster thing, uh, those sea monsters, as we know, don't really exist. But um, I've heard that mentioned also as a possibility, but I've heard three or four different explanations, and there were some others that we haven't even heard of yet. Right. I think the sea monster thing is kind of bogus. You're right to be skeptical. I'm leaning towards some sort of a, a mild-ish cheese, perhaps. Uh, that's what I heard. Yeah, like a lim- well, yeah. Limburger is not exactly... Uh, no, it is actually very mild, potent. but you yeah. you eat with a water cracker, or what kind of vegetable? A green one, a yellow one? What kind of vegetable do you think? Not sure. I know that we got a team coming to town. Uh, they'll be wearing uniforms the color of urine yellow and vomit green tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, you got to pick. What's your pick for the game tomorrow, Grover? And I know you'll be I there. I picked the Packers to what? win the game. I Wait the a Packers minute. To win the game. Uh, look, you want me to tell you what I think is going to happen or what I want is going to happen? No, no, no. What no, I, want is, I, I want the Bears to beat them about 80 to nothing, but uh, <laughs> they're going to lose this game. Why? So now you're a Packers fan. Great. That's what you said. Well, so, <laughs> no, I mean, it, serious, it sounds a little like you, you're kind of changing your allegiance. Why do you think the Packers are going to win? I never got nothing to do with my allegiance. I hate the Packers. I want the Bears to be an 80 million to nothing every time they play them. The bottom line is I can't stand that team. When I first went to my first Bear game when I was nine years old, I got taken to a Bear-Lions game at Wrigley Field. And then a couple of years later, they played the Packers. And it was the first time I ever saw their fans then were obnoxious or pathetic. I couldn't stand their fans then. And, you know, I know that there's some nice people that I've gotten to know pretty well. Bottom line is I want the Bears to beat them a million to nothing. But I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen, not what you want me to say is going to happen. Okay, all right. Being a wise guy, and you want me to say the Bears are going to win the game, whether I I think so. I just wanted to make sure that you have not changed your allegiance because that's what it sounded like to me in all seriousness. But, My elite, did I sounded like it based on what I just said about no, the No, based on the based on the whole million to nothing thing, I'll give you that. But give give it to me now. Why are the Bears going to lose to the Packers aside from all the other stuff? Because of number twelve at quarterback for Green Bay, and they've got uh, Deontay uh, uh, 
They've got Deontay, a wide receiver. They've got Cobb, a bear killer. He's back with wide receiver. And they've got a very, very good running game. Their offensive line, it's not that good, but because uh, some of the things that Aaron Rodgers does, I just don't think the Bears – and it, did you see the lifetime uh, record between Aaron Rodgers and the Bears? It's something like about uh, 21 to 4 or something like 21 that. 21 to 5. Yep, happens. you're right on it, man. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a case where do I – am I changing my allegiance? No chance in hell is that ever going to happen. A little bit maybe. A little. I mean, I know like not completely. Not even a, not even a teensy-weensy molecule atom worth. It's never, ever, ever, ever going to happen. I want everybody that can beat them – to beat them. Les, have you been walking through the Lambeau Field parking lot? Don't you think that's the best smelling parking lot in the NFL? Absolutely, and that's one of the best stadiums in the NFL what? by far. What do you mean, what? Okay. If the fact of the matter is, Mark, it is. Okay. Yeah, I maybe got a, he's I got changing, question. changing he his allegiance, the... Mark. Yep. How come, how now he come suddenly the likes the tailgating. When the Bears moved out of the old Soldier Field, the Termite Palace, as we used to call that place, how come they had to move down to Champaign for a full season? When the Packers, that same year, when they were building and redoing Lambeau Field, and up there, they didn't have to move out of Lambeau. They stayed in Lambeau Field. They didn't have to go uh, to Madison or anywhere else. The Bears had to go down to Champaign. And by the way, if people forget, it wrecked their season. It wrecked their seat because they never recovered from it. They were bad in 2002 after they went 13-3 and the year before. The bottom line is, why did the Bears, first of all, they got one of the worst new stadiums built at that point. And number two, the Bears, they had to leave town and play all their home games in Champaign. And U of I did a great job. It's not about them. The bottom line is, why did the Bears have to play all, basically, road games that season? That was Why? Why did they? Why did they, Les? Well... Them. Why did they do it? Because they, I guess they felt they could not, uh, uh, first of all, you have those those, uh, those columns that they can't tear down and rebuild. They can't do that. So where are you on the Arlington Heights move? Are you pro, con, where are you at with it? Come out of the termite on the lakefront, that's fine. They need a bigger stadium. This one is too small. It's way too small. Uh, people think, well, they need a, a stadium with a, a retractable roof and stuff like that. Then they could have a, a Final Four. They could have a, uh, a Super Bowl, the rest of that. That will happen when the moon's made out of green cheese. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Robert, what Maybe about Maybe it's the- Kraken cheese. Oh. Is the moon Kraken cheese? Is that how we got here? Or somebody that is on crack, period. <laughs> <laughs> More like crack cocaine. Hey, Les, Les, what about the Chicago Sky? Were you there last night? I haven't been to a game since I uh, last did that. My games, their uh, third year I did them, which was in 2009. I have not been to a game. There. Oh, okay, because you were like the original play-by-play guy? Yes, yes. I was the only play-by-play. They have not replaced me. They do not have the games on radio. And you know what? God, God bless them. I hope they win. Uh Am I going to be out there for the last game? No. Uh, of course, if they win this game, they win the title. If they lose, well, then uh, then they're going to have to go out to Arizona and play the finale. You don't sound too pleased with the organization. A little bit of friction there when you left or something, Robert. Doesn't sound like you're one thing. One thing that you're really good at, Mark, and you're as good as anybody. You're great at putting words in people's oh, mouths. No, no, no. I'm just to asking. Put words in my mouth. For the- you're trying to put words in my mouth for the 80 millionth time. Well, no, no, That's I'm not going to happen. I'm at, just because you were so confident that you're not going to be there. I, I figured for sure you were there. 
Not a chance. Okay. I'll be getting uh, uh, you know, I'll be getting ready to go on the air and do my show as well and the rest of that stuff. And uh, you know, that's going to happen. Um, no, I. Uh, it's a long, 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 boring story, and I'm not going to bore the audience, okay. and I'm not going to bore your listeners with that. You will be at the Bears game tomorrow, though. <clears throat> Absolutely. Excellent. And how many Bears-Packers uh, games have you attended? You've got to have a number. This will be number 108. Wow. That includes eight exhibition games, including the old Shrine game that they used to play at County Stadium, which are all Packer home games. Les, can I ask you I what thought, you thought I, about... You know, go ahead, Les. No, I'm sorry. You were going to say, ask me something. I, I, I wanted to ask what you thought about... Tony LaRusse's disingenuous crap about sportsmanship at the end of a series <clears throat> when he got outmanaged, his team got outplayed, and all the deficiencies showed up. What did you think of the <clears throat> Sox manager? We're used to hearing that. When Tony was with the White Sox originally, then later on when he was with Oakland and he had that explosion against the late Bob Glass after uh, Terry Steinbach got hit in the helmet with a pitch, and that pitch came with the bases loaded and it forced a tying run in. And he said afterward, he says he was throwing at him. That was on purpose. And a couple of people were asking Tony, wait a minute, why would you ask or why would you suggest that he was throwing at him when that tied up the ball game? And he screamed, the next person that brings that up, we're going to go at it right now. We're going to go right <laughs> at it. And it was, at that same point, Bob Glass, he said, uh, say whatever you want, but don't yell at me. At that point, Tony says, I'll yell if I want to. And he said a lot more expletives that I can't repeat on the radio, and I won't do that. And then later on, they kind of went back and forth, and that's when Dave Stewart said, don't you ever bring your ass in here again. <laughs> you know that's my favorite, Les. Thank you. Don't and you, you, know, ever... you know what happened because you thought I was kidding when I told you that it happened. Right. And then you finally found the tape. And the, the tape is in our vault somewhere of, uh. of Dave Stewart's Man. The best part was no, when by I. The way, by the way, yeah. the next day, Bob Glass, he was supposed to have the day off. And uh, the late Joe Mushel, who was his boss, said, You better get out there because if you don't show up, they're going to think you did it because you're afraid. So he goes out there. Dave Stewart came up to him, put his arm around him. He says, Everything's cool, man. Don't worry. Then he went up to Tony LaRussa, and LaRussa says, You will never, ever talk to me again, and vice versa. Get away from me. The bottom line is, you said you questioned by my manlyhood, etc. And that was what Tony did that day. Less. Uh, the best three quick things, and we got to let you go. A few years ago, when I was covering the Cubs, I ran into Dave Stewart up in the Arizona press box, like walked by him, and I had heard this story from you a hundred times, and I and I just stopped. I said, "Hey, Dave, how you doing?" And he goes, "Hey, how's it going, man?" Uh, and you know, I introduced myself, I talked to him, and I just thought it was a hilarious moment. Number two, are you mad? You're not mad at me, are you? No. Okay. Number three, I had Lance Briggs on the other day. You will love this. And this is the last thing. I had Lance Briggs on, and he was talking about competing against both Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre because he played against both of them. I said, I, I, I said to Lance, I said, it seemed like you guys really appreciated those guys and playing against them. And every once in a while, it maybe helped them up. And he looked at me and he said, everything is right what you said. But no, we did not help Green Bay Packers players up. He's telling you the truth. Yeah, I know you love that. That's your language, isn't it, man? There's no reason to be no, – no room for that kind of crap in Bears-Packers, is there? You can be – you can have sportsmanship. You don't have to be a, a jerk like the late Charles Martin was or oh. crap like that down. But yeah. the bottom line is 
they can also show a little bit of class every so often. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And uh, Lance Briggs was a terrific player. I am hoping he will someday get in the Hall of Fame. I think he's worthy of it, and hopefully he will get in because I think he deserves to. You're the best, Garaber. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Gentlemen, you have a good one. All right, have a cracking good evening, Les. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thanks for calling. More like crack cocaine. There you go. He's the best. <laughs> Our he breaking best. phone call sounder. And it's all, we may not get many, but we get, they're, be, they're the best. That's it. That ranks right up there. A, a cheese and a vegetable. Yeah. Hey, and he's this right to be skeptical. cracking thing. Yeah. I don't wow. think we've settled it we've yet by really any means. Wide. We've widened our possibilities, haven't we? Yes. That's just great. All right. Well, we need to take a break, and we'll get back to whatever we need to get back to. Um, <clears throat> we played the Denny Green. I have another piece of tape that I want to play, um, and just some other things calling BS on. on we, we may or may not eventually get to this. I don't know. <laughs> nothing's going nothing's gonna to top that last segment. Nope. Ozumlum and Grody, Saturday Suckage, of course. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody with you. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score, Saturday Suckage, until 2 o'clock. Rami Makhlouf will be here from 2 to 5. And I, I had meant to get to this a couple of weeks ago, but do you have a favorite team that you're rooting for in the baseball playoffs based on your former your favorite former Cubs, <laughs> they're all over. There are fewer now, but I, yeah, they're I all mean, over. I'll go Boston. I love Schwarby. So, yeah, that's yeah, it. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I, I really, I really don't care that much about this baseball postseason. But if I had to pick, and it would have been a, t- a tough call had San Fran not been be, been eliminated between. Schwarber and and Bryant, it would have been a tough call. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll, uh, for the sake of your question, I'll go Boston Red Sox and Kyle Schwarber. What about you? Um, yeah, I I do like that. I I I love the whole Schwarber thing. Just seeing him show up and that that whole because because he was referred to as Babe Evan Ruth around yeah. here. Uh huh. I love the idea that 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 Babe Ruth was sold by the Red Sox to the Yankees, and and now they now he's back there with them. But also, he wasn't obviously he didn't win a championship here, and he was here for such a short time. We Jock Peterson, we hardly knew you. I did not know about this. Did you know that he was <clears throat> Planet Jock? Do you know this guy bought a strand of pearls and wears them when he plays? No. He has a pearl necklace. Hmm. And he just, this is just what Jock Peterson does. I had no idea that he was in that kind of orbit, but according to uh, David O'Brien, the athletic in Atlanta, when someone asked Jock Peterson about the pearl necklace this week, he said, there was no story behind it, just that he's, quote, a bad biatch. Okay. All right. That's, that's, that's All right. I'll, I will standing in the way of the Dodgers. I will see. Brothers. I will see your pearl necklace story and raise you a Robert Quinn winter hat story. Robert Quinn, no matter what the temperature is, eighty degrees or thirty degrees. Wears a big old knit winter cap when he's on the sidelines. He also 
puts on warm-up pants over his regular game pants when he sits on the sideline. And I and I was like noticing this as the sideline reporter, and I was like, I gotta. There's got to be some reason he's doing this. I mean, is there like a circulation issue here? Does he is he cold? And and I, I asked. I said, What's with the, the winter hat? Like it's a serious winter hat. And he just says, I don't know. He says, I've been doing that since my second year in the league, and I'm just going to keep on doing it. So no good answer to it. But there's something for you, Steve. When you when you see the sideline, look for the winter cap on Robert Quinn. I, I will. I think that's that's quite the that's appointment viewing. It'll become much more important as the season wears on and we turn we turn to the ugliness that can be the Chicago winter. But I, I hadn't noticed that. I love the pearl necklace. Uh, before we go, there there was Miles Turner. You may have caught on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Eagles running back. Uh-huh. I, I thought the, one of the most honest answers I'd ever heard about what drives him to success, and this is it. I'm just trying to win, just bring this city some wins and keep them, keep them cussing us out. <laughs> that's, that's all, really. Um, that's the goal. Just get the city some wins and keep, us, keep them from cussing us out. Yeah. <laughs> I think every player can relate to that. Yeah. Especially in Philly. All right. Well, uh, I will not be here next week. Uh, no matter who listened to the show or not, because uh, Brandon's getting married again. Oh, that's it right. My son's, my son's wedding to the lovely Emily. They are doing it. This is the real show. They did the off-Broadway edition. Now this, uh, this is the one that counts. So it will be you and um, guest stars of thousands, I'm sure. Maybe, maybe I'll try to get Grabber to co-host. And see what the late, have, yeah, Grabber, come on. And maybe you'll have yet another option for whatever a Kraken might be. I think that would be a worthy... <laughs> A worthy pursuit on Saturday, second. Uh-huh. So we want to thank Grover for coming on, Rick Camp, Paul Sullivan, Chris Emma, and uh, Mark Grody, and we thank Cesar Perez for doing this. And thank you for listening to Saturday Suckage. Thank you for texting and tolerating us. And we suck so you don't have to. We hope you appreciate that. Bye. So have a good week. Stay well. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So, kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.